0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR podcast. I know you guys are looking to rebuild a new country and you have come to the right place because we are not just a show here at CR podcast, not just entertainment, not even just information, but we are a movement. And we are looking to actually do what's right with this virus. What should be done and what shouldn't be done 13 months into this tyranny. We certainly know what shouldn't be done, what doesn't work, what's immoral, inhumane, unscientific, and unconstitutional. Today we're going to have a special guest on who has a book dedicated to what should be done. I think it's a very important book, Dr. Colleen Hubber. She has a book out we're going to discuss with her coming up soon. Just wanted to get to some of the news stories of the day that we find important, that are very telling with regards to COVID fascism, with regards to other things as well. Folks, we always knew a couple days into this last March where this was headed. It was never about a specific benchmark. It was never about protecting people because it was so illogical. It was always about maximizing the tyranny. Okay, it was about maximizing tyranny. Now, for most of this past year, the vaccine and its promotion and anticipation thereof helped generate promote and suck people into the tyranny because they said look we'll have a vaccine so just kind of lie low until there's a vaccine which was insane in, in, in and of itself we've never done that in the history of humanity didn't work anyway but here we are the dog caught the car so what do you do when the dog catches the car we've been speculating about this for a while because on the one hand, they need to earn market share for their cronies. But on the other hand, well, if everyone's vaccinated, it's, it's all over with. So that's why Pfizer came out yesterday. I'm sure you've all seen. Now that people got scammed into getting that piece of garbage, well, you're going to need a third vaccine. And as we well know, you'll need a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. So it's the perfect thing. It's working, but you need a little bit more of a booster. So they get the best of both. Well, it doesn't fully work, so we need the tyranny. But it kind of works, and you constantly need more of it, and more and more and more. So that's how they maximize the tyranny and the cronyism together. Isn't it funny how the science always works out to be what's the most tyrannical and most cost-effective to big pharma? I have an article out today, I don't have time to get into it. I've referenced it throughout the week. I delve deeply into the fabricated, and it's basically fabricated, Colombian study of ivermectin. We have 50 studies showing it works amazingly. Everyone sees it with their own eyes. It's common sense if you understand the way the drug works. But this study said, eh, we don't really see much of a benefit. Turns out most of the people in the control group were taking ivermectin. (laughs) <laughs> so there was no control group. They both did well, and they were both, and the both groups were young people. So in other words, nobody died, nobody had problems, nobody anything. It was a fake study. But this is the lengths that they'll go through to promote this. And it turns out the authors got grants from a partner to J and J. They got grants from Gilead, which obviously makes uh, remdesivir. This is how much they're willing to lie to us. But there were three clips. I only have two in front of me that I'm going to play. But three statements that were very telling yesterday. One from Fauci, one from Governor Whitmer from uh, Michigan. And then another one from Michael Osterholm, who was Biden's top epidemiologist from University of Minnesota. So Jim Jordan asked Fauci straight up, where's the benchmark? When When does this end? You don't think Americans' liberties have been threatened this past year, Dr. Fauci? And he's like, I don't think this is a liberty thing. I think it's a public health thing. So, folks, this is what it's all about. Don't get fooled by all the stuff they're saying, variant this, immunity this, asymptomatic spread this. It's all a lie. It's all about tyranny. Folks, Take a listen to Dr. Michael Osterholm. Um, Chris Wallace actually asked a good question to his credit. Asked Osterholm about this yesterday. Said, hey, you know, in, it seems like in all the areas that they have the toughest mandates, it's spreading more. And in the areas where they took them off precisely at the time they took them off, it's been five weeks already, and it's going down, down, down. And listen to what he says about it. Doctor, the places that we're seeing the biggest spikes right now, you pointed out Michigan,
1: uh, in the Northeast, are not the places that have relaxed uh, mask mandates and relaxed lockdowns the most, states like Texas. So what's the correlation between lockdowns and new cases? Because they don't seem to, to correlate. Actually, there's really a very good explanation for this. If you look at the history of this pandemic and start way back last April when we saw a house on fire in New York and other uh, other cities around the country, and then follow that from uh, then to Memorial Day when the upper Midwest had a big increase in cases, that dropped. And then the south of basically from Southern California to Georgia had a big increase in cases in July, 70,000 cases a day. That dropped. And then we saw another big surge of cases in the upper Midwest and the Northeast in that time period around November, where we got to 200,000 cases and then those numbers dropped. And then the South lit up again from Southern California to Georgia in January, and we got to 300,000 cases. We seem to be in a cycle of regional activity. And right now, the upper Midwest is lighting up with the Northeast, and it won't be long before the rest of the country will be following behind.
0: So folks, he starts off saying how there's a very good reason, but then he doesn't answer it. Now, he actually does answer it. Meaning, if the implication of Wallace's question is that maybe masks spread it even more, you could say, no, 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 it's a seasonal geographical thing. You find they're on different schedules. But then that's certainly a blatant admission that it's all natural cyclical based on timing and geography as a blind man could see 13 months later. And certainly masks aren't what's helping. He literally admits it. It's unbelievable. In that vein, take a listen to 30 seconds here from Governor Gretchen Whitmer.
1: Well, we know that we are seeing a resurgence of COVID all across our state. And I think some of it is because we as a nation did not rally to beat this virus. We have turned on one another and this virus has taken an incredible toll on us. We in Michigan still have smart policies in place. I don't currently have all the same powers I did a year ago, but we do still have a mask mandate. We do still have our capacity requirements. I mean, we've got some of the strongest protocols in the country, and yet this virus has come raging back. <laughs>
0: in explaining what's going on. Did you hear that? We have some of the strongest protocols in the country, and yet this virus has come raging back. So she admits it clear as day, clear as day. This is where we are, folks. It is a 100% proven lie. The virus is going to virus. It does what it does. There is no way to alter it. The only thing you can do, and we're going to speak more with our guest, is to treat it preemptively and early with cheap therapeutics, That the government is censoring information on it, often blocking access to it. They want people to die. Let me ask you this question. How is this any better than Osama Bin Laden and Al-Qaeda? How is Fauci better than Osama Bin Laden? At least Bin Laden was passed down a tradition, a demented one, demonic one, but tradition from his religion, from his forefathers, so he feels he needs to abide by it. What's their excuse? You cannot escape this without coming to the conclusion that they want more people to die. They don't want this to be cured. They don't want it to end, which is why they're pushing everything that doesn't work, but things that do they censor, because they want the tyranny and the gravy train, but more the tyranny, in my view, to continue indefinitely. By the way, if I have time, I'm going to write this up. But Stephen Petty, that industrial hygienist we had on, he, he put out a paper estimating that 3.2%, as long as 3.2% of the mask is open, which is any cloth and, and surgical mask, certainly at the seams, its efficacy goes down to zero. Just the way, you know, again, 90% of the, um, of the aerosols are less than 0.5 microns. And a lot of them are 0.1. So that's garbage. We knew it was garbage. We knew it was garbage from day one. Now, there's a lot more going on in state legislatures. The Indiana state legislature did override the governor's veto on the emergency powers bill. It is a very weak bill. We have a lot going on in Arkansas we'll discuss next week. A bill getting rid of permanently all local and state mask mandates forever. And a bill barring businesses from instituting uh, vaccine passports. The governor is threatening to veto both, or is at least opposing both. Asa Hutchinson will have that. North Dakota, we thought we had at least a watered-down bill preventing not the localities in the end, but the state from instituting a mass mandate. In the end, the leadership there is holding it up. There's problems there. The Idaho House passed some good bills on COVID fascism and mass mandates. We'll see what happens in the Senate there. But folks, this underscores why we need to create our Liberty Task Force groups to bang away at these state officials, local officials, governors, work on elections at a state and local level. Because most of the Republicans are garbage. Now, one way you could help organize is by joining me In our great get-together, we're having one April 25th, but it's already full, but our next one is May 30th with ConstitutionCoach.com. We go out to Front Sight, Nevada, the best gun training facility in the country. You get a four-day or two-day hand course. You could sign up for either one. I recommend the four-day because that's when it really, really clicks with you. You could have no experience, and you will come out knowing how to clear all malfunctions, how to... um, holster and carry your gun with confidence, how to draw and shoot from as far as 15 yards within two seconds and less than that closer up, uh, uh, two shots to the chest, one to the head. Uh, you will learn everything about proficiency. And then at night, we have constitution courses with America's great constitution coach, Rick Green. It's a lot of fun. We study defense, constitution, um, and we get to get to get together as an audience so uh, we could start organizing some of our state teams and leaderships uh, there, 90% off the regular front-site training uh, cost, so it's literally just $100 for the two-day, $150 for the four-day. Um, you do have to make your own travel and hotel arrangements, obviously, and pay for your own supplies. But... Folks, you cannot miss this. The greatest opportunity to arm yourself with real ammo and intellectual ammo all at once. So again, constitutioncoach.com. If you can't make it May 30th, there are other dates. There's June 6th, and then there's a bunch of fall dates starting at the end of September um, when it gets a little cooler. All right, folks. So I just want to mention one more thing in case we don't have time with you know after our guest. But... The Utah governor, Spencer Cox, he held this sort of let me speak to the governor like virtual town hall where people could submit questions and then he live tweets the answers. He thinks he's all cool. So he's sitting there in a a private room on a Zoom thing wearing a mask and he's asked the question of basically... David from Highland asks this. he tweets that if it's racist that the Utah Jazz excludes white children from the team scholarship program. Answer, it's not racist. Ryan Smith and the Jazz can do what they want with their funds. All kids should have equal opportunities, and we're proud of the Jazz. What? He says all kids should have equal opportunity, and then it's not racist if they only choose whites. Notice how these bastards will regulate business to, to the gates of hell, small business, but then when it comes to big businesses engaging in anti-white discrimination, discriminating against people for not wearing a mask or a COVID vaccine, suddenly they're like, all private business. No, they're bought out. They are bought out. We have Republican governors across the country, almost all of them with the exception of two, three, four of them, that believe in things and champion and promote things that are so radical that the democrats didn't think of them until 10 minutes ago. Then you you had later on someone asked a student said aren't you concerned about the health effects of wearing face masks in schools? Answer: The negative effects of getting covid are far worse than any effects that come from wearing a mask. He's talking about kids. And this is what this piece of garbage says. Spencer Cox This is what we have in the state of Utah. And again, you have it everywhere. You have it in Arkansas. You have it in Oklahoma. Alabama. Tennessee. The Dakotas. These governors are Idaho. West Virginia. Ohio. Indiana. New Hampshire. Rhino dirtbags. I don't mean like, yeah, they're not quite as conservative as us. Or they won't go as far in pushing back as us. I mean, they are embracing things that the Democrats didn't think of until this past year. So that's where we are with some of the news of the day. Well, folks, it does look like I am having trouble getting a hold of Dr. Huber. So I'm going to do something different than i ever done. I'm just going to change gears today. Um, I was going to really discuss some of her ideas she has Um, A book where she compiled 500 different studies about what worked and didn't work, pharmaceutical interventions, non-pharmaceutical interventions. Um, Her book is titled The Defeat of COVID. has 500-plus medical studies um, to equip a person, a family, or a business to minimize the damage from the virus. Um, So you can check it out. We'll try to have her on next week. Um, That gives us a little bit more time to just continue on this theme today of just talking about how we have Republican governors and Republican legislators and Republican senators and Republican everything that literally do not share our values. And when I say they don't share our values, I mean they believe in the things that the left didn't believe in until a couple of minutes ago. And the problem that I feel we've had for so long, as I noted a little bit on yesterday's show, is that the Republican Party is the perfect blocking mechanism, the perfect false flag operation, where they indulge our views in rhetoric and in campaigns enough just to prevent a real opposition from arising, but not enough to actually do anything meaningful. So notice this pattern we're seeing from these Republican governors. They're really conservative. Asa Hutchinson from Arkansas, he loves Reagan and Buckley. Except when it comes to putting pen to paper to actually pass a law or implement a policy to put teeth into the rhetoric and broad principles they claim to support, not only aren't they with us, but they fight tooth and nail against us. So right now, I'm calling our Arkansas members that signed up. We are still trying to get a team leader there, so contact me if you want to be part of an Arkansas state team leadership. With HB 590. passed the Senate, overwhelmingly On March 31st, this bill would permanently ban all mask mandates at a state and local level in Arkansas. Okay, I actually told the sponsor, um, because the original language said COVID-19, and I said, hey, you know, they're saying they're going to use this for the flu, make sure you fix that language, and he did fix it, um, and that bill passed out of the House Public Health, Welfare, and Labor Committee um, yesterday. And it's going to be up probably next week for a floor vote in the House. Passed like three to one in the Senate. It should pass in the House. And um, the, the Senate sponsor is Trent Garner. The House sponsor is Representative Joshua Bryant. Now, we just had a governor out there telling Tucker Carlson, Ace Hutchinson was like, Oh, for Buckley and Reagan and how he's such a conservative. Well, I mean, so you wouldn't support mask fascism, right? And he supposedly suspended the mask mandate. So he should be fine with putting this into law, right? Nope. Mr. Conservative Governor went out there and said, The bill is pointless, except it would prohibit private businesses, schools, and hospitals from requirement for face coverings. This is not a good idea, and I would veto the bill in its current form. Schools? So he's for taking off the mandate on adults but not kids? What? That's insane. This is what a Republican governor believes, just like Cox in in Utah. Masking of children for a virus that is less than a cold for them. The child abuse. I mean, this is something so satanic. None of us could have imagined a year ago, even, even like April, May, when schools were shut. We thought, I mean, we, we never thought this business of teaching in schools, that there were parodies that were put out about it. Southern Republican governors, this is what they support. Now, as far as private businesses, the bill actually, I wish it would. It doesn't preclude them. It actually explicitly states that in the bill. So I don't know I don't understand what he's saying. Um and schools are government. Private schools it wouldn't anyway. And hospitals, I mean if it's a private hospital, again they could do what they want. But again, so there's a lot of important things here. So he's threatening to veto the bill. There's a lot of important lessons I want to demonstrate here in terms of action items headed forward. So, number one, as we've been noting, notice how they're all into private enterprise when it comes to fascism, but never anything else. It's funny. Asa Hutchinson wasn't such a stickler for private business when it came to shutting them down and fining them. No, 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 no. That he vetoed the bill to zero out the fines, and actually he successfully blocked the override. See, in Arkansas, you only need a simple majority to override, and he flipped the house. But it's kind of interesting. You could so so let me get this straight. Government could shut down a business completely. But they can't merely tell a business, don't deny service for not wearing a mask. Forcing customers to wear medical devices that violates medical privacy, OSHA and ADA and anti-discrimination law. Again, I want to make this very clear. For a private business, so to speak, even if they're not colluding with government, with, 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 with which all the big ones are, under current law, are precluded from vaccine mandates and mass mandates. Okay, times a million. Numerous sections of federal law. It's current law. They're not abiding by it, so these state bills would clarify. That's all it's doing. It would make it a state thing. It's not adding any mandate on the private sector that's not there. To not do it is to create a special carve-out from existing discrimination and, and disability law. And medical privacy law. For something that is built upon fascism. Promoted by government. Got off the ground because of government mandates. And only continues because of government censorship. So there is no conservative argument in the world to be made. Mind you the bill doesn't do that anyway. It's only on government actors. And clearly he supports that. Which leads me to the next thing. Notice, well, you'd say, well, Daniel, if it's only government actors, didn't the governor himself suspend it? So what's his problem? I'll tell you what his problem is. Everyone's bragging about, oh, look at 24 states without mandates. Now, mind you, most of those states, they allow the localities to keep doing it, which they do. Every city that has more than three people in it. Every school district, with the exception of the real rural areas, Florida is the only state where at a state level, the Department of Education is actually taking a position opposing masking. In every other state, they're actually downright promoting it. So they barely took it off. It was a rope dope And even the barely taking it off, the only reason they're doing it is a rope dope It's to prevent the legislature from actually doing it A for real and permanently stripping them of the power. That's when they did it. They saw the writing on the wall. So the important lesson for us here is don't let them, don't be complacent. Oh, the governor took it off. No. Get the legislature to permanently clarify that that authority does not exist and prohibit it. I would actually put in there like a penalty of imprisonment for any state official that promulgates it. That's what we need. This is not just Arkansas news. This is happening in a lot of other states. I know Idaho House just passed one, and the governor's threatening to veto it. Brad Chicken Little. And by the way, Janice McGeehan, the lieutenant governor, will likely run against him. It is incumbent upon Trump to endorse her, but I have a sneaking suspicion he'll wind up endorsing the dog. So this is where we are here, folks. It's funny how he says, oh, he's worried about business. So the funny thing is at the hearing yesterday, the only people who testified against it were Governor Hutchinson's administrative, administration people. No business or owner or teacher said they're against it. So this is the important thing. That we cannot just sit back and say, oh, the mandates were taken off. Nothing to do here. That's what the governors want you to think. There's a more fundamental lesson here. Notice how all these governors operate. In the abstract, they're against restrictions on business or mass mandates, except when you actually try to make it happen, they oppose it. In the abstract, they're against transgender sports. But then when you actually try to do something, they oppose it. Notice their game. This is how they continue fooling people and getting elected in primaries. This is why it's so important to push these inflection moments in the legislatures and force the issue so they get exposed. I mean, first, we want the bills to pass, but also politically, we need to expose these governors, We need to expose them. This is the game Hutchins is playing. Oh, I'm taking off the mandates. Oh, but I'm gonna veto the bill, zeroing out fines. I'm taking off the mass mandate. Oh, but I'm gonna veto a bill that actually codifies it. Oh, I'm 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 against men and female sports, but well, actually, that one he did sign. I'm mixing up Christy Gnome. Um, I'm against castration, but I'm against the bill that bans castration. Think about this according to dirtbag Governor Hutchinson. Think about this for a moment. According to Governor Hutchinson, he believes that there is a right for minors to seek and for doctors to perform castration, but there is no right to breathe freely without a chinese face burqa. That's conservatism, republicanism, circa 2021, my friends. Which leads me to the next item, and that's vaccine passports. Governor Asa Hutchinson, like all these Southern Republican governors, made a big deal with a lot of pomp and press that, oh, we are against vaccine passports. Senator Trent Gardner, same author, introduced SB 615. In that case, it actually would, unlike the mass bill, it would not only prohibit the government but but so-called private actors from mandating vaccine passports. The bill passed the Senate Public Health Committee um, this week and it heads to the full Senate on Monday Now the governor didn't as of this moment issue a veto threat. But all the people who testified against it were from his administration. So he's saying how he opposes vaccine passports. But then <laughs> when, when the legislature tries to actually do it, the, he testifies against it. Uh, Governor Chris Sununu did the same thing in New Hampshire. He said he opposed it, but his punks from the Department of Health testified against it in the House this week. Same thing, Governor Bill Lee. He really made a big deal. Got a lot of press. Bill Lee standing up to the vaccine passport. Guess what? Guess what? He actually sent down his lobbyists to the legislature to block, and they successfully blocked the bill. It's dead in Tennessee. Super majorities. This is what we have. We can't even block a vaccine passport in some of these Republican states. And again, the moral of the story is don't rely on the same power-hungry, dirtbag governors who suspended the constitutional liberties and natural law to begin with to suddenly secure our rights. You have to fight for it in the legislatures. You have to pressure, call them. Man, I wish I had these teams set up last year. But again, it's not too late to go to conaction.network to join one of our teams. I do apologize. I am slow in creating leadership and getting them off the ground, it, it does take time. But this is what we have everywhere. Multiply this by every social and fiscal issue you could imagine. Except for maybe guns and abortion sometimes. In a very abstract, meaningless way. Just enough to keep us voting for them. It's got to end. All of these governors should lose re-election. Okay? Okay? All of them. That's Governor Gordon in Wyoming. It's Chicken Little in in Idaho. Doug Ducey is termed out in Arizona, but he's a jerk too. Greg Abbott needs to go. My colleague Chad Prather at The Blaze is saying he's running. Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma needs to go. The dirtbag governor, um... What's his name? I'm forgetting it in North Dakota. I'm drawing, I'm, I'm freezing now. Got, I talk about him all the time. But um, Doug Burgum. So he needs to go as well in North Dakota. Although I don't think he's up this time. Missouri governor is a lightweight. All of them. Bill Lee in Tennessee needs to go. Kay Ivey in Alabama needs to go by a mile. Again, I'm obviously forgetting some. Obviously, Chris Sununu, if he chooses to run again, some say he might run for Senate in New Hampshire. Obviously, um, Dewine in Ohio. Unfortunately, West Virginia, Jim Justice and Holcomb in Indiana. They just got reelected, but almost all of them are terrible, terrible. This is what we have. This is what what we have been throwing the fight, tossing the fight for years, electing Republicans that are literally bought in to the worst, most radical, destructive things the Democrats push. It is a fake party from head to toe. Fake party. Now, I want to get to some other COVID news, some other news before we uh we gotta call it a wrap for the week. Phil Kirpin, good guy. Um, he has a – um he's the president of what's that place called? Uh forgetting what it is, uh Unleash Prosperity, the committee to unleash prosperity or something. Um so Phil put out on Twitter <clears throat> If you look at CDC's surveillance of H-coves, these are the coronavirus colds. So this is very interesting. The coronavirus colds seem to have a, a late fall into winter component and a spring component, whereas the flu dies at the spring. Uh, coronavirus colds seem to have an element, some of them spike during the spring. So last year, it was dead. This time, April, nothing. Dead, 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 just like the flu. Clearly, there was viral interference. Guess what? CDC has surveillance from the last couple of weeks. HCOV-NL63 is back up. HCOV-OC43 is, is really spiking to its regular levels. And now HCOV-229E is on the rise just started rising. So three out of the four, the only one that's not is H-K-U-1, but three out of the four are back again. The good news is what that means is that Corona, that COVID is likely really dying out. So in most areas, you no longer have the viral interference. Whereas the flu is not going to come back because it's not flu season, so you wouldn't see it until... November or whatever. At least in the northern hemisphere. The reason I bring this up is because these losers are promoting this notion, okay, Daniel, it didn't the mask didn't work for COVID, but it worked for the flu. So you still have to wear it for COVID because it didn't work for COVID, but it works for the flu. So let's wear it for the flu. And as we noted, that it's it's not the mask, it's viral interference because number one. This, the the flu started dropping or disappeared when COVID was in circulation before any area implemented masks. The flu disappeared always, even afterwards, in places like Sweden that didn't have it. But they didn't have masks, but they did have COVID circulating. Number three... The whole disagreement over masking was COVID. Maybe it works for COVID because we didn't study it before. We did with the Danish mask study, but you're not allowed to talk about that. But as far as the flu, we already had 10 randomized controlled trials saying it didn't work. CDC cited that as late as May. So the notion that it would work for the flu and not for COVID is just ridiculous. But this proves it. Because the coronavirus colds are back. They weren't there, and now they're back. We're wearing, we're, they're back in the same areas they're wearing masks, just as much as they were wearing it two months ago. It's huge in the Northeast because they, they, you could actually see it by region. You could see it by region. And the HCOV OC43 is no greater, you know, one place than the other. 229E and OC43 are very strong in the east, the northeast, where masking is the state flower. The mask is the the new state flower, literally. I had two littering my lawn because it was a windy day, so they're they're everywhere. Disgusting. But the point is, that clearly is a sign of cyclical, natural things. This is all natural, not man-made. But what is man-made? What's man-made is our evil response. We did everything that would never work, but the things that did work, we blocked. And then the things that didn't work caused harm, not just in terms of depression and other health concerns, but the very health concerns that are the top of the list of what makes you vulnerable for COVID. I want to give you two more two stories in that vein. New York Post: Couch potatoes are more than twice as likely to die from COVID. A study on the effect of exercise on forty-eight thousand patients diagnosed with COVID from January first, October twenty-first, twenty twenty, concluded that inactivity was the third biggest risk factor for severe illness worse than heart disease, diabetes, or smoking. The results published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine found that coronavirus patients who are consistently inactive had 1.73 times greater odds of ICU admission than those who are consistently active. The odds for death were even higher, with consistently inactive patients 2.49 times more likely to die from COVID compared with patients who are consistently active. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, folks? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think you are. What did government do? They gave people the impression that you have to stay home. Even to go outside and jog, they're pressuring people to wear masks. Pressuring them to wear masks in gyms. Pressuring children with sports to wear masks. Well, what that does is it deters more activity. First, they scare people. People think, I know tons of people that literally just stay home. So both the lack of activity diminishes the immune system. And also, also, the obesity. And then, of course, there's the vitamin D which is literally the master key to this whole thing, rather than giving people, right now people who, who haven't gotten the virus are scared of getting the virus. Well, they had 13 months to boost their vitamin D. Not only were they not told to take supplements, very few people know to do that, they downright locked themselves down more and probably get less vitamin D than ever. Another way they're harming A randomized controlled trial of, from, in the British, also British Journal of Sports Medicine, found cloth face masks led to a 14% reduction in exercise time and 29% decrease in VO2 max attributed to perceived discomfort associated with mask wearing compared with no mask Uh, participants reported feeling increasingly short of breath and claustrophobic at higher exercise intensities while wearing a cloth face mask. Coaches, trainers, and athletes should consider modifying the frequency, intensity, time, and type of exercise when wearing a cloth face mask. Now, obviously, the real answer is to not freaking wear the mask. But the point is, you see how they are dissuading people from exercising. Exercise, thin weight, and vitamin D are the keys to being healthy from COVID and government did things, non-pharmaceutical interventions, mass and lockdowns and encouraging people to stay home or dissuading people from exercising, making people depressed and anxious did not help one bit, but it harmed people not just in the whole health and all the other problems that, uh, that are inherent in, in this lifestyle and fear and mental health and being obese and whatever, but in being at risk for COVID itself. You could not have written... A script like this. Yet, Republican governors can't speak to this. They cannot speak with one word, one voice a- against even masking children outdoors during sports. They're like, now it's dangerous to get COVID. When it doesn't work to prevent you from getting COVID, but it does work to block oxygen, oxygen to the brain cells of developing children. Very subtle, but it's a long-term damage. It's not something you're going to drop dead from right away. And also, of course, make them more vulnerable. Less vitamin D. Truly disgusting. Utterly disgusting. One more story I want to get to before we close up. This is on, you know, we've been talking a lot about crime, black supremacism, that we have more crime among blacks than ever, yet it's being projected on everyone else. And they're saying, just because you're black, you can't go to jail. Mexican-American woman, 70, is battered on an L.A. bus by racist black woman, 23, who thought she was Asian-American. It's from the UK Daily Mail, of course. It's always going to be them, not the American media. An elderly Mexican-American woman was badly beaten by a racist bus passenger who mistook her for an Asian-American. <laughs> so the irony is, the dog here thought she was an Asian, meaning that's how anti-Asian a large segment of the Farrakhan BLM type of blacks in this country are, that she, she thought she was a realist, she was Hispanic. And and look, we've always known this. That there is a growing large segment of black supremacism in this country against whites, but it's most virulent against Jews and Asians. We've always seen that. The 70-year-old victim named Becky suffered a concussion, a broken nose, swollen eyes, her hair pulled out. Police arrested 23-year-old Yasmin Beasley. Um... Wow. A female attacker. Identified Becky's attacker as black. Says the assault only ended when Becky called 911. Um... She had pre-existing conditions too. Was held in the hospital. Wow. I guess the only thing some of these big mamas are good for is punching like a man. Man. Maybe they're jealous of the way, uh, some other people look. Whatever, I'll stop myself there before I get in trouble. But, um, yeah, you know, I agree with CDC. Racism is a public health risk. <laughs> it certainly is. We're seeing that everywhere. We have systemic racism in this country. We have systemic anti-white supremacism in this country. I didn't mean anti-white supremacism. I mean anti-white hate bigotry of supremacism, racialist supremacism against whites. But there is a particular problem among a certain segment of the BLM type of blacks, Farrakhan, you know, type of supporters that hate Asians for, for, for nothing. Like, they're, they're talking about COVID, like, blaming them for COVID, but that's not really what it is. That's a symptom. I mean, this has been going on, I mean, ever since the LA riots with the Koreans and everything. Used to hear Sharpton talk about them all the time. The only area where we have racism in this country is where they won't look for it, but it's most evident. I want to close the week with a personal story. So I was trying to finish my taxes, and this year I have a new dependent. I have, you know, we had the baby born last April. So I was going to add her, and they asked for a social security number. I'm like, heck, where is her social security number? And basically, we find out, the hospital's like, yeah, we called it in. The stupid social security administration, which is actually based here in, uh, in Baltimore, west of Baltimore and Woodham, that's their headquarters, they just forgot to do it. So she doesn't have a social security card. So we say, like, hey, send it to us. What's, what's the deal? They're like, We're closed. Thirteen months later, they're closed. By the way, all my neighbors work for Social Security. They're off all the time. Now they work from home and do nothing. They're going to work from home for the rest of their lives. They all make $100,000, dollars for doing nothing with God knows how expensive those health and pension packages are. And after all that, no, they can't look it up. It's closed. So they can't even look it up to tell us the number. And they said, send the passport or a driver's license in the mail. Well, yeah, we're going to send that in the mail. This is what they're doing. Mind you, illegal aliens could come in the border, violate the social compact, violate consent-based citizenship, steal citizenship, and believe me, they'll never withhold a social security number from them. If that doesn't exemplify what America's become, I don't know what it is. Forcing us into a stupid social security number I don't even want, but we have to have it, and then they can't give it to you because they're shut down but they have tens of thousands of employees working for that agency making a fortune you literally have 10 people earning what doing what one person does in the private sector it's a whole joke in my community like there's one guy here that he started an entire real estate business like he's a main realtor he's not just it's not just a side thing while he worked for social security for years and then when he was 55 he just retired 55 got the full pension, and then, you know, did real estate full-time. I have another friend who works for, it might be CMS, <clears throat> which is the same type of deal. They're across the street from Social Security in West Baltimore. Um, they're both uh, based here. And uh, he's a lawyer. He has his private practice. Separate computer while he's working. This was even when he was working for them in person, certainly now at home. And, and he's not doing anything illegal. I mean, he, he, it's fully... Disclosed. It's in his disclosure. Totally do it through the front door. Yet we don't even have... We don't even have... The ability to get the service that we're required to get from it. That is the America that we live in. This is the America we need to fight and change. We're no longer the incumbent. Our constitution is meaningless. It doesn't operate... It's time we create something new in the areas we can. That is our life's mission at this point. Anyway, we covered a lot this week. I'm thankful, as always, for you guys making this one of the fastest-growing shows. Send this show to 50 of your friends and relatives. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Sign up for conaction.network. Send me an email, comments, questions, and concerns to D.Harowitz at blazemedia.com. I hope you guys have a terrific and restful family-oriented weekend. Until Monday, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.